0: Here we are the home stretch on a Wednesday Wednesday Raider nation tomorrow's game day. You don't have to wait till Sunday. You get Sunday off this week. Yes. You get to watch your Raiders tomorrow night against the Los Angeles Rams SoFi stadium, the Raiders vacation home. Don't have to deal with charger fans. You have to deal with the other yellow and blue fans, which is the Rams fans. I expect a huge takeover again at SoFi stadium for the primetime game. This podcast, by the way, make sure you subscribe to it. Anywhere you get your podcast, you can find us as well. Mo Moten, he is the national NFL writer at Bleacher Report. He is also the columnist covering the Raiders for sportsnot.com as well. All right, Mo, we talked about it before the break. We're watching the game, and, of course, they go to Mark Davis in the owner's box. This time he's not eating chicken wings, which might have been appropriate with the whole Keenan Allen thing. But instead... They fixate on it and they stay with the shot a little too long, in my view, for owner shot. It went on for quite a while. And the reason was because he was next to a very attractive young lady. And now we know who that lady is. If you're listening out there and you didn't see this story, uh, kudos to the New York Post because they always are, are tracking down. Forget the Hunter Biden laptop stuff. Let's talk about the mystery blonde next to Mark Davis. That's the big news, right? So they did, and and that, for those of you watching, I'm going to put it on the screen here so you can see it. Uh, and for those of you listening, I'll read through it. But here it is. Mystery Blonde next to Raiders owner Mark Davis identified. Yes, they can't identify other big criminals, but they can find out who the blonde next to the NFL owner is. So here it is. I'm going to read this quote. The mystery blonde who was sitting next to Raiders owner Mark Davis during Sunday's win over the Chargers. And it's funny because in the copy, Mo, if you can see, Chargers is lowercase. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's a copy editing mistake. But otherwise, her name is Hayden Hopkins. Hayden Hopkins. She is a Las Vegas-based professional Cirque du Soleil performer. Okay, despite the speculation. Uh oh wait. Hopkins became the talk of Twitter after the CBS cameras captured her seated alongside Davis in a private suite at Allegiant Stadium. At the time, she took to her Instagram story to share a photo of the field from her seat, which showed her wearing jeans and silver stilettos, which she borrowed from Mo. No, kidding. Um, <laughs> despite speculation that the two are dating, their relationship status is platonic, according to Hopkins. And I have a picture up there. But here's the thing, Mo, and I'm going to I'm going to put this up on the screen so people can see us and Miss Hopkins. Oops. I got, I got the order wrong here though. That that wouldn't help. Uh, Boom, boom, boom. Okay. Um, And so I'm going to show this if I can get this right. A, B and C. Look at that. Okay. So um, look, Mo, we're in the box next to them. No kidding. Um, But here she is. You saw the picture on CBS, but look at this one. She's pretty nimble. She's limber. If you're looking at the screen, she's a performer in Cirque du Soleil, which is all about aerobatics. Uh, and it shows a picture of her on Jimmy Kimmel in April 2019. And then it shows a s- picture of her in 2020 in a bikini. And she really needs some avocado smoothies and maybe a couple hamburgers. Uh, a little too skinny for me there. But anyway, this is Hayden Hopkins. This is the girl sitting next to Mark Davis. And now Mo will talk about it for two minutes. Go. Uh, (laughs) you've been so vocal about this story i just you know i wanted to make sure you got some time in
1: i mean what can you say when you got money you you can pull people like that and although they say it's
0: platonic Platonic. yeah
1: i wonder who's the source on that is it mark davis's people saying it's platonic is it her people saying it's platonic but i want to get back to your comment about her photo yeah we're a fan of the thick version of women on this show and you said she needed she needs some avocado smoothies and some hamburgers i would agree i'm not judging here because no, she's a beautiful woman right don't get us wrong she's attractive different strokes with different folks i like a little pudding Whoa, i look like at a that. little i like a little extra you know it's let, let me just be full this you like a
0: little right? more to love is look, what you're saying
1: it's it gets cold in the winter in New York City, okay? It ain't Vegas out here. It ain't 80 degrees in New York City. It gets cold, okay? Yeah. We wear big, fluffy, big, puffy coats. Yes. A guy like me needs meat to cuddle up on because, you know, my bones get cold when it drops below 20 degrees. I'm with and you, man. That, and that, that, although she's, you know, beautiful and- and she could do a whole, you know, a lot of things there. That's great. But <laughs> when it gets down to it and it's midnight and it's below 20 in New York City, that's not going to help me a lot. Her yes. putting her leg up by, over her head, that's that's only going to go but so far for me. Yeah.
0: That's and so. for the listeners, I know you can't see this, but you can check out the YouTube video. But but this picture, and, and so I agree with you there. Okay. I, and she's a gorgeous lady. And she's, she's a dancer, right? She, Cirque du Soleil. If you've never seen a Cirque show, these people are unbelievably talented, and not only that, but they are so limber; they look like rubber. These, the, the way they stretch and the way they do it, and the picture I'm showing now, like that picture to me, and this is a family show, but you know, I would like to stretch like that. <laughs> uh, the way she's stretching is is remarkable, and that's what they do. They're 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 acrobats, um, and she- but. Go ahead.
1: Scott, she's definitely a summertime girl. When it's warm and it's hot, that's
0: when you that's when you have that on your arm.
1: Now it's appropriate yes. for Mark Davis again because he's in Vegas where it's warm all year round. Yes. But once November hits, yeah, I would that's say, look, we're gonna have to swap her out for someone with a little, you know, maybe 20 to 30 pounds heavier. Yeah. Shout out to the heavier women out there watching the show. Um mm-hmm. uh, you are in demand. Once it gets cold, even in the, even when it's warm, you're in demand. But especially in the winter, you yes. have a good meal, some meat on the bones, someone to cover, cu- someone to cuddle with, even when the covers are cold. <laughs> it's perfect. But Mark Davis, I will say, Mark Davis, you're doing pretty well. Don't listen to me because you're in Vegas, you're living the life, do your thing, Mark.
0: Yeah, and and trust me, I'm no male model. I mean, I, I no. I'm I'm very self aware. Uh, but Mark no. Davis. Um, wearing yeah. white jeans and a white T-shirt like every day of his life, driving a Mini Cooper, pulling up on 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 this young gal. Uh, good for him. Bravo. He's doing well. I, platonic or not, man. He's definitely I, I, doing well. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll give him that. I don't know if he can run a football team yet. Um, we'll see with this new regime, but it looks like he's on the right track there, and it certainly looks like he's in the right track. Um, by the way, the post the the post always pulls the worst pictures because. There was there's like a minute of video there and they have a picture of her with a water bottle, drinking the water bottle. That's not an accident, by the way, folks. That's the post. You know the post most since you yeah. live in New York. Yep. They do that kind of stuff. So anyway, okay. um we are. Really now, quick though. Yes, go. Ladies
1: if you if you can't stretch your leg over your over your head, it's okay. If you can make a good, you know, casserole casserole or a good <laughs> meal. That's good enough. You don't have to do all this acrobatic stuff and put it, you know, twisting your arm, double jointedness. You don't have to do all that. Just make a good meal and you're in demand. That's all you need to do.
0: Or have a law degree so Mo and I can stay home and do podcasts full time. Uh that that would work too.
1: Or have a job in sports, you know.
0: <laughs> Women who have jobs in sports.
1: Hey. Women how who have you? jobs in sports, great. Oh
0: yeah. A lot of them. A lot of great, great journalists in the world of sports that are women. And we, and we have them on the show all the time. Cynthia Freeland, the name one, uh, but certainly so many. All right. We're going to get to the mail now, Mo. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, we're just talking about male, female. Now we're talking about M-A-I-L. And uh, we got a couple messages here on email that we're going to get to. And then we're also going to get to a couple tweets. Uh, This is our good friend, Gary Harkin Reader. Gary writes in, I don't know, probably every other show, donated some cool Raiders uh, classic uh, out-of-print books that we're going to donate to Raider Dad, by the way. That'll be coming soon uh, so that they can uh, continue to fund the charity. But here's what Gary says, Mo. He says, uh, to repeat myself, the Raiders didn't bring, this is about Derek Carr, of course, because we didn't talk about him yesterday, so somebody's got to talk about him. (laughs) <laughs> to repeat myself, the Raiders did not bring in Devonte Adams to move on from Derek Carr. Think Raiders draft a QB, but in the mid-rounds. I like Levis, but I keep coming back to the fact that McDaniels doesn't want his quarterback to run. Quarterbacks I've watched this college season that might be a fit are Bo Nix or Michael Pettis. I believe there's a three-year window to bring along a quarterback from scratch. I'm sure there are other cute quarterbacks out there but they have to be very smart and teachable slash coachable. It's also important that they can throw the deep ball. That is from Gary. So he brings up a couple of good points there, which I think fit in with where you and I have been the last couple weeks at least, you longer than me, whereas Derek Carr will be back for the next at least two years. He has three years on the contract, um, and they're going to definitely have to develop a young quarterback. What about his point that Josh McDaniels doesn't like running quarterbacks? So is there something to that based on the fact that in New England, they didn't have that because he wasn't the GM there. He was the offensive coordinator. He wasn't Bill Belichick either. Um, do you think that with his system, he'd be open to that? Or does Gary have a good point there?
1: Gary has a point to a certain extent, and I know where that comes from. I believe there was – he during a press conference, Josh McDaniel said um, basically – So I think someone asked him mm-hmm. about – you know, having a quarterback run, he said he prefers quarterback to be in the pocket. I'm paraphrasing, but I think there was some misconception there because there's a difference, as I've explained multiple times, there's a difference between a quarterback who runs and a quarterback who uses his mobility to extend plays and runs right. when he has to. And I think Josh the Allen. latter, right? I think the latter is what uh, most head coaches would want because just in case if your offensive line is not up to par or if you have a leaky offensive line, then the quarterback's mobility can make up for that. But to go back to Gary Harkin Reader's uh, email, I could see the Raiders drafting a quarterback uh, in the middle rounds. I've said that just because Derek Carr comes back for year 10 doesn't mean they don't draft a quarterback. And even with the Patriots, when Josh McDaniels is there, the uh, the Patriots had a habit of drafting quarterbacks in the fourth round. Stidham was one of them. Uh, Mm -hmm. After Josh McDaniels left, they drafted Bailey Zappi. So him coming from that Patriots cocoon, I believe he's going to have – a similar idea where you're going to have to have or not have to, but he's going to want to have a rotation of young quarterbacks to develop. And I believe he said this during a, his press conference or one of his early press conferences, he said, it's important to have a developmental quarterback just in case something happens to your starter. You have a guy, you're confident in to go in and run the system. But I will say, Gary, uh, you may want to temp- temper down your expectations of getting Penix because he's going back to school, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so he, he'll be back at Washington for another year. So if you're looking at Bo Nix, who I think our guy Evan Groda just probably likes, uh, I have to look into him, of course. Of course, he looked a lot better at Oregon than he did his three years, I believe, at Auburn. So he's someone to, to, to circle and look at. But there's plenty of time to dig into draft quarterbacks. I don't have a firm uh, description or evaluation of any quarterbacks at this point.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. Well, and also Hooker out of Tennessee, by the way, is another guy I think with the knee injury um, could, could, could skip down and could be available. And I'll tell you what, at, at this time when you're about three years out from needing a guy to get in there and start for you uh, after Derek Carr, that would be the end of his contract. Then, then, then you can, you can take a flyer, even though you don't like, I mean, third and fourth round, you get good players in those rounds, right? I mean, look at Max Crosby, a fourth round pick. Uh, but if you go for a quarterback there because you really like them and you think you can develop them and it doesn't work out, it doesn't kill you like it does if you take them number five overall in the draft. Right. So I think that that's that's actually not a bad position, which is another argument for keeping Derek Carr.
1: Another thing I will say is that about the mobile quarterback thing, and I know the Patriots are probably in dire straits at, in this situation because mm-hmm. they moved on from Tom Brady. So they had to you know bridge the gap, so to speak. But they did sign Cam Newton. Yeah. Who's a mobile quarterback? I wouldn't say he's a running quarterback, but he uses his legs a lot. And that's what they and they were able to win a lot of games with him. Now it fizzled out at the end, but they were able, Josh McDaniels was able to kind of amend his system for Cam Newton's skill set. So I would say I wouldn't say that Josh McDaniels is as rigid as a lot of people think he is. I think he can adjust to whoever's at the quarterback position. But of course, Derek Carr is your starter. But as far as backups are concerned, I wouldn't rule out quarterbacks who are who have a tendency to use their legs because that's where the league is headed. If you look at the top quarterbacks in the in the league right now, a lot of them can use their legs. That's where that's how the position has evolved. So you have to yeah. evolve with the way the league is evolving, with the way the position is evolving. You can't stay back in the 1970s, the 1980s and think that's going to work in today's NFL.
0: No, right. I mean, and I think you look at uh, the guy, the chargers just, or excuse me, the Raiders just beat. And I know Raider fans like to complain about Justin Herbert, but He's another big guy who can move. He's not a running quarterback. He's a big guy who can move out of the pocket and use his legs. And that's why the Raiders were able to stop him because they couldn't, they didn't let him do that against them like he did against the Cardinals in the big comeback the week before. And then again, I mentioned Josh Allen. You see what Josh Allen does. Just even running out of the pocket towards the sideline, that amazing pass he threw running out of bounds uh, for a touchdown last week is another great example of that. So some really good points.
1: I will say this, when you read these scouting, these draft scouting reports on quarterbacks, not having mobility is a knock. It's considered a right. negative. Right. <laughs> now, so if you're if you're a statue, that's not a good thing. Um you teams want you to at least be able to move.
0: Yeah. No question. Okay. Thank you again, Gary. We appreciate uh, your patronage and your continued loyalty and support of the show. And, and of course your donations, which we will talk about on another show. Uh, he was getting nervous cause I got him. He's like, did you get him? Did you get him? I got him. We're going to get them to the right folks and I know it'll benefit and get some kids to a game. All right. We move on to Donald Burr. Donald, uh, his second question in his many weeks, Donald says, Hey, um, I'm sure the top of, of discussion will be Josh Jacobs. Again, If we bring him back next year and Mo, this is popular. I mean, Raider fans continue to talk about Josh Jacobs nonstop because of the year he's having. Donald says, what do you think at this point? Because I cannot see Jacobs in another uniform. Again, that's Donald bird. We talked about it yesterday. uh, But, but Mo, it's going to be hard. I, I, I think that because of what he's meant to this team this year, Uh, I thought he was goner, not just because of the the decline of the fifth-year option. I just didn't think it was going to happen. But he has really changed mine. He's changed the scope of this. The Darren Waller injury and the fact that he's not available, I think, as we mentioned yesterday, could lead to a trade. And then suddenly your money problems go away. And you mentioned something yesterday, too, about the salary cap going up. So we just don't know. So, I I mean, would you put this at 50-50 or would you put this at like a 70-30 he could be back?
1: By the way, quick note, I read somewhere on Tuesday that salary cap could exceed 230 million. So just keep keep a note on that. But I know a lot of people think this way. And they think once you have an opinion, you can't change that opinion. (laughs) Even if you get new information, you cannot change your opinion. So whenever you have whatever prediction or projection you had, you have to stick with that projection no matter what happens, which is the dumbest thing ever. Because if you get new information, obviously, that could change or sway your opinion. Now, I started off the season saying Josh Jacobs is gone no matter what. If he underperforms, if he exceeds expectations, he's gone because of the money. Thinking about it now, the way the offense is set up, and because of Darren Waller's injury, and I feel like Darren Waller is not reliable, despite what people may say about Darren Waller's track record. He, right now, as we speak today, not a reliable playmaker. Is he special when he's healthy? Yes. But he has been on the field. Hunter Renfro dinged up. And when you're looking at the way the Raiders' offense has run with Josh Jacobs performing at a high level, how could you let that player walk away? Mm-hmm. And I would say right now, I'm 60 40 that he stays. If you look at some of the other top running backs who have stayed with their teams, Dalvin Cook, uh, Derek Henry, you know, Nick Chubb. So teams are open to re-signing homegrown talent. As far as if it's a special running back, they are open to giving that running back a second contract. Now, again, we don't know what Josh Jacobs' contract expectations are or what he's looking for because that will decide if he's back or not, ultimately. But right now, as, as, uh, as, as the emailer just said, I don't see how they move on from Josh Jacobs with the way they're winning because if it's – what's the old saying? If it's not broke, don't fix it. In this case, <laughs> if it's not broke, don't fix it. And if you can pay for it, keep it.
0: That's because
1: right. right now the Raiders are winning games with Josh Jacobs running wild. Now we all know he has, you know, he has history of getting nicked up and having some injuries. But this past off season, he worked out on his own. Apparently, took care of his body. Sure he did. He's still battling injuries, but he's been able to tough it out, and he's he's like a tank out there. He's he's not going down. He's not coming out for a handful of plays as we're used to seeing him. Now the season's not over. I will say this: if he gets through the season healthy. I think there's a strong possibility he could come back. Now, if he gets hurt, all bets are off because then the Reds could be looking at this, like, okay, we, we ran him till the wheels fell off and now he's hurt and He's not the same. He may not be the same player. And it, things go up in the air. And this is why I say with people ask me all the time at this time of year, they're asking me about tillery and this player and that player, yeah. are we going to resign him? Are we going to resign him? And I always say, let the season play out because we still have, we still have it till week 18 in the playoffs. If you know, we're going to see what happens with the playoff picture. I said the P word, but not in connection with the Raiders. But let's see what happens <laughs> with, with the end of the season. We still have some weeks to go. Let it play out, and we'll see, and I'll have a better answer for you. Because right now, you're not thinking about resigning guys. You're thinking about winning the next football game. As far as Jacobs is concerned, yeah, I would say it's, it's a little over 50-50, but I'm leaning toward now he stays just because of how the Raiders' offenses perform with him.
0: Absolutely. And because of the uncertainty at other positions too, and you, right. you 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 have the opportunity to go out and draft improve that defense. I think they'll spend a lot of time on that defense because there's so many needs on defense.
1: Look at it this way: if if Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro were healthy and the Raiders are able to go back and forth between the pass game and a run game, I would say I would still stick to my prediction that Josh Jacobs is gone because then you would look at him and say, "Well, the Raiders can win without him; he's expendable." Right. But right now, the way the offense is set up with the injuries to Renfro and Waller. He is nowhere near expendable. He's a necessity. <laughs> He's right. an essential right now. So you don't Which, get rid of an essential playmaker.
0: Right. Although to to talk the 40% of your equation there, when you're talking about 60-40, uh, if those guys do come back and they go on a run here at the end of the year and they make him less uh, relevant, not relevant. What's the word I'm looking for? Less essential. Less essential. Thank you. Uh, then they might look at it and say, look, great year. We're happy. Thank you so much, but we're not going to pay $14 million. Um, I, it all depends. But they still – or they or they, tr- they look at Waller and say, hey, dude, you're not really available that much. This guy was available all season, if he is, and say, you know what? We're going to make a choice here. Yeah, see you later, Waller. We're going to keep Jacobs. I mean, that's what it could come down to.
1: I, I'll ask – and you just pointed to it right there. I'll ask you a question. i ask any of our listeners who- – out there a question if you're hearing me out there if there was an ultimatum if it if it came down to it would you rather keep josh jacobs at 15 16 million or darren waller at his current contract if you had to get if you had to keep one of the other i would say josh jacobs is the one i keep and that's why i keep bringing up the point that if waller doesn't come back and plays at a high level yeah i would not be surprised at the raiders trade him.
0: exactly no i'm there with you i think that's a no-brainer i wouldn't even think twice about it uh, actually all right uh donald thank you for your message there and and we're running out of time now so we didn't do a full mailbag but we wanted to make sure we got some of your messages in there as well well mo what do you have for tomorrow night's game uh this raiders team you said it might be a close game throughout uh how do you see this one working out for las vegas and los angeles
1: I see Raiders with a convincing win. I say that with a side because any anytime, pre- <laughs> anytime I expect a lot of the Raiders,
0: no! they, they,
1: they underwhelm. But I think yeah. with them on this streak, I think they've, again, found their winning formula with Josh Jacobs and Devonta Adams being the focal points of the offense. I think they win decisively in a 27-17 victory. Again, I think the first 45 minutes of the game will be competitive, but the Raiders get a turnover and break the game wide open with a late, late score.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think that they're going to pull away at the end. I think the fourth quarter, I think this team is playing so much better uh, in that fourth quarter than they have earlier in the season, and it's really been the hallmark, really, in the last couple of years. Mm It was overtime, of course. They won two games in overtime, so you can count that as the fifth quarter if you want. But I think later they just get warmed up. They seem to gain more confidence as the game goes on, and I think as good as that Rams defense can still be, I think if you get Josh Jacobs out there – You wear them down over the course of it, and I think they wear down in that fourth quarter because they don't have the depth they usually have, and the Raiders pull away. I like uh, that 24 to 27-point range with uh, the Rams being either 17 or 20 points, somewhere around there. So it'll be kind of close, but I think uh, it's one of those games that might be close in score, but when you look at the stat sheet and if you watch the game, it won't uh, be as close as it appears. All right, Mo, we're going to rejoin one another late Thursday night after the game, so we'll get to talk about our our, our prediction and whether or not it came true, uh, and then uh, we'll do that live and um, end the week on Thursday for once instead of Sunday.
1: With my buddy Murph. I haven't seen Murph yes. in, in over a month, so uh, it'll be fun to have his energy on the show, as always. I've been watching you guys, so... Fun to have him with me again, not with me, but virtually with me again to talk about uh, the Raiders after hopefully a
0: W. I know. How about two weeks in a row and Murph is on location? First, he's in Pensacola, Florida, <laughs> right by the beach. And then uh, on, on this Sunday night, he was down in Tunica, Mississippi at the Bet MGM Sportsbook. I mean, this guy is living the charmed life.
1: Yeah, I got to get like Murph when I grow up.
0: (laughs) He'll be back in the fan cave. That's why I told him he's in the casino. I'm like, dude, your backgrounds. It's the fan cave at home, which is the best in all of Raider media. And then now you're you're at the beach the week before, and now you're in this cool casino with all these big TVs with football behind you. So, uh, yeah, we appreciate him. We look forward to it. All right, Mo, we'll talk to you on Thursday.
1: All right. Women over 150 pounds, forget about Miss Hopkins. (laughs) Keep your men warm during the winter. We appreciate you.
0: Oh, my goodness. Forget about Miss Hopkins. The way she can stretch, I don't know that I can. All right. Uh, for Mo Moten, I am Scott Branson. Make sure you subscribe to the Silver and Black Today podcast. If you have any other Raider fans in your family, in your friend circle, let them know to subscribe to the show. Mo and I would greatly appreciate that. Uh, and the folks at Odyssey Sports will continue to hear Raider Nation because we are the third-ranked podcast in their entire network And that is a testament to the great fans that make up Raider Nation. All right, we'll be back, Murph, Mo, and Scott, on Thursday night after the game, tomorrow night after the Rams and the Raiders. Take care of one another, everybody out there, and we will talk to you tomorrow night.